Welcome back, y'all, to episode 134 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to inform as well as entertain. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. What if I told you there was a story so remarkable, so random, that it involved many different things, varieties, peoples, and even animals? Animals. What if I told you there was something in history that happened that Hitler and a dog named Pickles had in common? That thing would be the World Cup. Some of you might ask, what does that even mean? Well, what does that even mean? Well, what it means is the World Cup trophy has been stolen twice and actually been bet on. There's been replicas made. A lot of different history has gone into it. Let's go ahead and get into the story. So the World Cup started back in 1930. Now, Jules Remain was the first president of the FIFA World Cup Federation, and his goal was really to create a participation of international magnitude where people could come together and war was not the main reason. Coming after coming off of World War One, it was really fresh in a lot of people's minds. So Jules Remain within the FIFA Association wanted to create a World Cup. And the first World Cup ever would happen within would happen within Uruguay. This World Cup was one where, and on July 30th, Uruguay would win the first ever World Cup. As a result of having the first World Cup, there was a trophy created. This was the original trophy, and it was based off the goddess of Nike. This goddess was considered to be the goddess of victory. Um, the trophy was the trophy was roughly a foot tall. It was silver with gold plated and had an Optagon cup at the top. Um, it was eventually known as Jules Remain, which was the longest acting president of FIFA who had a 30 year tenure. And the trophy would exchange hands, so then it was the original one. So as a result of it, every four years, you know, the trophy would change. And as a result of it, Italy would then win back-to-back World Cups, being the first country to ever win the back-to-back World Cup. Now the original, so whichever country won the World Cup three times would be able to keep the trophy, the jewels remain. But as a result of Italy winning the World Cup, it actually would spark a lot of interest from Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler really recognized that Mussolini and the fascists were able to really capitalize it and it created an essence of nationalism, a very strong presence and Hitler became very jealous of that nationalism and because of it he wanted to actually win the World Cup so he created a team within Germany and during this time he also invaded Austria where Austria would then become a part of Germany so Hitler was trying to create kind of the super team to where they could come in and win the World Cup and kind of spark that nationalism within Nazi Germany however they it didn't happen that way Um, Hitler's team would actually be knocked out in the first round. One of the star Austrian players at the time did not want to play for the German team. He was a strong nationalist, and actually a day or two later, he was found dead. 
So there was original saying that um, the World Cup is played by 60 million Germans. So within the first round, they were actually beat by the Swiss. The Swiss came up with their own terminology that said, no, it only took 11. So that humiliation was really felt within Nazi Germany. And as a result of it, whenever the Nazis were with Italy, they looked for many different artifacts. One of them was the spear that um, pierced Jesus' side, um, the Holy Grail, as well as the World Cup. So the World Cup at this time was in Italy, and one of the FIFA presidents was actually hiding it under his bed within a shoebox. The Nazis would literally come into his house, raid it, and they would never find the Jules Verne. So that was the first attempt at stealing the World Cup. So in 1950, when normalcy was kind of restored, the World Cup kind of represented a changing of the page within the international landscape because there was no longer war being fought. Uruguay would end up winning the 1950 World Cup. Now, that would be the second country to win it twice. Now, what's really interesting is you go back into all the history within the Germans and everything it took, and then actually in 1954, the Germans would finally win the World Cup. Now, this would be Jules Remain's last World Cup because he would die a few years later. And then after that, Brazil would win two back-to-back World Cups, meaning at this point, the third country to win the World Cup would get the trophy. So it was creating a lot of um, hype for the next World Cup. Now, that World Cup would actually happen within England. And this was the second attempt on stealing the World Cup trophy. Now, this was a really interesting heist, if you will, because the World Cup trophy was being shown on display for one day in a museum that was also showing postal stamps. So if you can think about it, you know, like stamps for mailing letters. Now, it was only on display for one day, and that one day it was actually stolen. You know, it was under guard, two guards at the time. One of the guards went to the bathroom and the door was locked. And you could see it through a display case, but the thief was able to actually take out eight screws that were holding the lock together and get the World Cup. Now, eventually, a letter would be written to Scotland Yard um, asking for a ransom of only $15,000. And come to find out, a few days later, they would actually apprehend one of the thieves of the World Cup, and the other one would be left free. Now, where the story gets really interesting is there was one man walking one day with his dog, Pickles, and Pickles actually ended up finding the parcel under a bush, and the gentleman opened it, and he realized this was the World Cup. Now, it kind of saved a lot of embarrassment for England because four months later, they were going to host it, and Pickles the World Cup became like a national icon. I mean, there was movies made about him. TV shows made about him, and he sh- and he saved, uh, potentially saved the uh, England from having a lot of an embarrassment. And then that year, England would win the World Cup. So fast forward to 1970. Now this particular World Cup was one that was very, very. Um, I guess there was a lot of anticipation about it because in the final round, what you had is you had Uruguay. In the final round, you had. Um, Brazil versus Italy. Now, because each one of these teams had won the World Cup twice, if they won it, they were able to take it home. Now, what's really interesting at this point is there was a replica of the trophy created 
of the Jules Verne just in case this was ever stolen. So what happened is during this World Cup, Brazil would actually win it and they would take the victory home. They would take the World Cup trophy back to Brazil and hold it. Now here is where it actually was stolen. The third theft happened within Brazil. Now, there's not a lot of information about it. I searched online and it was stolen. And as a result of it being stolen, it was never found. Now, people investigated it, they looked into it, but the real thought that um, the Brazilian police said it was melted down because it was gold. But come to find out, it wasn't fully gold and couldn't be melted down. It was only gold plated. So nobody knows where this trophy is. People speculate maybe it's in a trophy collection, it's in someone's living room, who knows. But Pickles the dog did not strike again. So this is whenever the new trophy was created. But what's so interesting is the, re the replica was being auctioned off years later. And as a result of it, FIFA thought that for some reason they got the notion that the re replica was the real one. And during the World Cup within England, the replica got switched. So the Brazilians, the Brazilian FIFA organization really had the replica and the real one was the replica. So they invested in it and essentially at the auction, they opened it up and there's no price on it. Now, this happened within kind of, um, I think the mid eighties and they opened up the price around $40,000 and the FIFA organization ended up, ended up winning it and the um, last going price for it was around 250000 So come to find out, they looked at it, they looked through all the different aspects of it, and it was a replica. But that's how much, you know, there was so much fanfare about getting this trophy. But still to this day, nobody knows where this trophy is. Now, this also ushered in the new phase of the World Cup. And if you look at the World Cup design now, it's two people holding up a soccer ball indicating that is a international global sport and the fanfare behind it and everything that goes along with this trophy. Now the trophy being created now would actually have real gold in it and it was one that if you look at the price point um, it's roughly around 20 million dollars to date at the value but if I told you that teams actually don't get this trophy when a team wins a World Cup, they now change the procedure so you get the replica of the trophy. So they stopped giving out the real trophy because of how many times it was being stolen and people didn't know. So the original FIFA trophy, or I should say the second trophy itself remains in FIFA headquarters and it's valued, like I was saying, around $20 million. In each World Cup, they get the replica of that. Now there's only about 20%, I mean, there's 20% gold in the original. There's not as much gold in the replicas and replicas cost around $250,000. And some of them have been gone for auction for close to 600,000. So I think it really shows that the price can increase on these trophies really, really quickly. And people are willing to do whatever it takes. Now, when researching this story, I think I was really stunned by how the World Cup happened in 1930. And with a relatively like quick time, it captivated a lot of people's attention. 
of how you know it was able to really captivate the people's passions for sport and how you know countries were able to come together and compete in this environment now what we get is a lot of different history with this trophy i mean to think that you know the world cup dates back to this time period whenever you have you know the nazis invading germany you have 1930 you have all the historical context that goes with it and what this trophy has gone through i mean you can't i don't even know really what to compare it to i don't think there's really thing any like it within sports and the world cup will be coming on its 100th year at the end of this decade and it's going to still continue you know it's one thing that's really unique but what's so crazy is how this trophy has captivated so many people and even now that people were willing to spend so much on a replica just based on getting it and what it's been created now when jewels remain created the fifa organization and the importance of the world cup it was to unite to no longer have to have countries battle but not have um weapons as a means of it and you know you look at what happened yesterday within the world cup and now being indicated as maybe one of the greatest finals of all time you know i think after doing this research and looking into it it's really hard to say that because none of us around were we weren't around for all the world cups we don't know the context i mean could you imagine brazil being the first country ever to win the world cup the third time and taking home the trophy i mean in itself that would be pretty amazing it's like something like that could happen and each world cup signifies a different point within time and history so i think to say yesterday was the best world cup is really hard to do was it amazing of course was it something spectacular yeah i mean i think to see argentina and messi win it within pk's the way they did was really remarkable and it also was one of the most expensive world cup of all time I think in conclusion, the World Cup has done a really good job of captivating the imaginations and bringing cultures together, focused on the importance of sport. For me, I've been watching the World Cup for a long time. I'm not even a soccer fan, but something about the ability of it for people to come together and all watch it. I think seeing what's happened in Qatar, the negative things that have been exposed, the positive things that have been exposed, at the end of the day, yesterday, billions of people shared an experience where we were able to watch something and truly come together and i think that is the real jewel remain of the world cup i think it's something that's really important and i think i can have a conversation with someone across the world about it. so thank you all for listening and we'll get back to you tomorrow